Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. It's time for this week's matchups episode with co-host Frazier Tafar. We're going to go over that week 11 Thursday game, and uh, hopefully this should be out Wednesday night, Thursday morning, giving you a chance to, to get a listen on a short episode before you go to the ball game. And uh, hopefully this is something that will uh, help you get hyped up for a very big Thursday night matchup. It's uh, hardly any bigger games uh, that you'll see at midseason than this. Yes, I think – we are going to be ready for a big mashup against Cincy. Um, it's almost a must win at this point in the season. Give us a good chance to get a good grip on the AFC North and move into December and January football. Certainly can be in a better place. Can't be in a perfect place because the Browns are now, uh, you know, have the tiebreaker against the, sorry, have the, the win they needed to split the season series with the Ravens. So, and the Steelers were already two and zero in the division, and we'll still have at least a huge game against them in the final week of the season. So there is a uh, a lot to be played for still for this Ravens team. I think there's a pretty good chance that final game ends up being for the division title from some combination of three or even four teams. But uh, this one, a huge game, and frankly, one of the biggest scheduling advantages the Ravens had from the beginning of the season, playing a Thursday home game against the division team. That is what you want when that schedule comes out. Biggest advantage possible. Complain about the short week all you want. It's a hell of a lot worse than it is for, for Cincinnati than it is for the Ravens. Yep, definitely coming off a short week. Coming into divisional opponent's house, it's going to be big advantage that work at home this week. All right, we'll start us off, Frazier. Which, which matchup do you want to talk about first? Let's go with the defense first. And my matchup is essentially uh, their power backs and tight ends and receivers versus our tackling. I think it's essential that we make sure that that doesn't cost us the game. Last week against Cleveland, we let Njoku, Ford, and Watson run amok and not bringing them down on first contact, and that cost a lot of yak and unnecessary yardage that just lost us the game. So making sure that we can come downhill get our guys on first contact and not give them too many yardage. I'll, I think that's, that's, that's a good matchup. It's a good good potential weakness for the Ravens with Williams back there. They obviously do not have a full uh, set of tackling components. If you look at how the Bengals have approached the Ravens in weakest, uh, week, recent times, they've tried to run the ball certainly, and they can get into level three. When they do, you need to have, make sure your safeties can tackle. But they also try a lot of wide receiver screens to both sides, a lot of little swing passes to both sides. And the safety is often the odd man tackler. And you know the Bengals have watched the tape from that Browns game. You know they saw the seven or eight times 
where Williams kind of approached the ball carrier, tried his herding techniques to move the ball carrier in a certain way without actually attempting to make his tackle. He was unable to wrap up. He can only really help to tackle with one arm or his shoulder. Uh, and that's obviously not uh, not a way to optimize the chance of getting the opponent on the ground. So um, the, the, the Bengals are not going to be stupid. I think the Ravens are actually going to have to take Williams off the field for a significant number of plays this week. Don't know if it'll be all of them, but I think at least we're going to see Worley on early downs that would normally be rundowns. I think there may be some obvious passing downs where they want Bill Williams' ball skills on the back end to try and threaten the deep pass. But uh, anytime he's out there, he's a potential target. And one thing about NFL offenses, they will find that guy when they want to. So uh, uh, hopefully he can make some, make a play on the football to make up for some of the bad tackling that's really cost the Ravens these uh, last couple of games. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think he's going to be in mainly for passing downs because that's where we really need him on the defense. Makes sense. Then to get Stone back in as a starting free safety effectively with Worley. I mean, he'll split free and strong, but Worley would be in there for rundowns and and then Williams in there for passing downs. And you still have some base defense snaps where I think it's Stone and Stone and Hamilton. It's not Williams and Hamilton, which I think is a is a significant factor because you know when you're in the base defense, you're normally expecting a run for starters. Mm-hmm. And when you do get a pass, the safety is often a big part of of trying to bring that man down. Agreed. All right. I'll, I'll go with my defensive one. It's it's continue to force the Bengals to try and play small ball rather than challenge the, the down the field with two high looks. So I think the Ravens have been very successful with that. Cincinnati's one of the teams most impacted by it. Why are they most impacted? Well, because Burrow is a limited arm strength quarterback, and he's not really comfortable throwing the ball into the middle of the field. Uh, the week two interception by Stone they actually ran a very complex play to try and drag Stone out of his position. Stone didn't read the clues. Instead, read the quarterback, went right to the football for the interception. It was one of the really big plays of the game. Uh, hopefully, the, the Ravens are able to defend the deep pass in a similar manner. And when you force a team to go up the field in that way, that Ravens 67% or 63%, I think it is, the 37% chance they have – to get the get the defense, sorry, get the offense off the field on any series of downs, which is second best in the NFL, only the Browns, um, really will weigh heavily on a team trying to move the ball up the field slowly. So uh, I think that would really behoove the Ravens to be able to stay with their too high shell if they can. And again, I think that uh, that means, as we said with Frazier's, that they're they're going to probably need to have um, uh, Orley on the field instead of Williams for some of the, this game. Yeah, and I think the big thing for me is when we play the too high, you have to give credit to Cleveland last week when they came out after the Odell Beckham touchdown. Mm-hmm. They had a huge 17 or 18 play drive coming out 10 minutes. I think that's how you beat the Ravens. You have to methodically go down the field. I don't think you're going to get big plays because they're not just going to give it up. If that's what they want to do, that's what they're going to have to do. Exactly what Cleveland did on that drive. 
You know, there was an interesting drive because the Ravens had their chances to get him off the field. They got him to mm-hmm. fourth and one. They gave up a two-yard run on a on a sneak. They got him to third and four. They gave him a five-yard pass. They got him to third and 11. They gave him an 11-yard pass. And they got him to third and two down at the goal line. They put in a the jumboest of all jumbo defenses with five defensive linemen, and they couldn't stop a three-yard touchdown run. Now, we knew that was two-down two football they were going to play there um, from the, from the three-yard line, but still – that was that was a very tough drive, and and it's not like the Ravens didn't generate a few plays. And in fact, Wyatt Teller had a false start to to mm. you know set him up towards that third and eleven. Um, it was really a, a, a group of opportunities there uh, that could have been had. And I I won't say the Browns were lucky to convert that because they were good to convert that. Yep. But I don't think that all quarterbacks would be able to do that. Watson was having an exceptional half of football, really decoding what the Ravens did from a pass rush perspective. So uh, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't immediately bet that we'd see the same thing happen with Joe Burrow. Yeah, it was just referencing if any team wants to be successful against us, that's the blueprint right there. All right, let's move over to the defensive side. Sorry, the offensive side. So on offense, I have Lamar versus Lamar. Um, past couple of weeks, I think he has had his opportunities to hit the deep ball. Uh, yesterday, I mean, this past Sunday, we saw the obvious one to Zay that quote-unquote could have put the game away, but we don't know how it would have played. But these situations where he's missing deep throws – or he's kind of holding the ball a little too long, eyes in the wrong place. These things are what separates him from being a regular quarterback and the MVP all-pro quarterback that we know he is. He needs to continue to get his eyes in the right spot, make sure he's making the right read, because at this stage in the season, especially with the health of our offensive line, he needs to be very decisive and quick with his decisions. It's no more... It's you don't have time to test things anymore. It's time to put what you're good at into action and do it effectively week in and week out. All right. Fair enough. I mean, obviously, Lamar needs to improve and ball security is is right up there at the top of the list. You know, he's got one interception from this last game that he has to look at. And decide. I, I really don't know if he fell on the sword for Bateman in terms of the f- end of the first half interception because I don't. I can't imagine Lamar throwing a ball that poorly, mm-hmm. uh, even though he says that's what that's exactly what happened. Uh, I think he's probably just being a good teammate there, but more likely than not, I think he fell on the sword for for uh, Bateman on that play, and Bateman really had the route wrong. Uh, on the second one, it's not. It's really not him at all. It's McCarry, and it was a very bad pressure given up. McCarry ended up on his knees and no way to prevent. Um, Okoronkwo from from getting up in the air and deflecting that football. So obviously that was a, a very unfortunate circumstance, but one where um, there's, there's less Lamar can do about that than um, certainly on the first interception where he, where he you know had had a chance to throw a better football possibly at least. Um, again, it could have been the could have been the wrong route run, but got to be ball security's got to be an absolute primary concern here and and that includes both fumbles and interceptions it just happened to be interceptions this last week i think that second interception even though it got tipped if you look at the replay he was throwing a pat ricard in the flat and 
it looked like it was going for six the other way, either way. So, oh, really? Like it would have, Pat Ricard would not have been able to prevent the interception, you didn't think? There, there was already a defensive guy in the flat ready to undercut it. I don't know how Lamar was going to get that in at that point. So, yeah. well, maybe you even though it got tipped, it. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a bad pass. If you look at the film, I think Zay was open on the left. He just stared down right and just threw it. So, I mean, like you said, he has some things to look at. I think the defense has masked a little bit of some of the issues that we have on offense because we've been so successful to get into big leads and be able to hold them. And now that we've been faced with having a lead and not being able to hold it effectively because the defense spotted a seven points to start the game and it seemed like we had trouble maintaining the lead in a sense, like we did against Detroit and we did against the Seahawks. I feel like we had more effective offensive unit plays during those games than we did last last Sunday. It wasn't a particularly efficient offensive effort. They went two for eight on third down. They had four other conversions on either third or fourth down that were by defensive penalty. Yep. Uh, and that, I mean, I think they had third and nine, third and 10, third and 11. It was something very close to that. If it wasn't, were all penalties on the defensive backfield. They had a fourth and two, another penalty on the defensive backfield. All those illegal contact or defensive holding, all five yard penalties that, you know, automatic first down. Yep. They had a second and two, which was converted by encroachment. They were going to get that anyway, probably. Mm-hmm. So, it just wasn't a particularly efficient offensive effort. And I, you know, part of that is just it's the Cleveland Browns and they're very good. There's a very <laughs> good defensive football team and and you got to tip your hats to them. And the fact that the Ravens scored 28 and 31 points off them in two games, even with a defensive touchdown involved, even with a crochet fumble and, you know, the mistakes they had to set up a 10 yard field in that first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to look at it and say those are those are two pretty good offensive efforts they put together in those games. Yeah. And it's. It's going to be tough because Cincinnati doesn't have the best DBs right now, and they're kind of struggling. It's it's unfortunate that Ronnie got hurt last week, and it seems like Simpson's having issues now at left guard. So it's kind of it kind of sucks that the offensive line is kind of crumbling a little bit while Lamar needs to kind of get in the groove, ready to get into the playoff mode, but. We just have to make it work this week. Yeah, Simpson has played very well the last few weeks, of course. So has Zeitler. Zeitler injured for the last play of the game, but he's not on the injury report right now, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, I don't expect McCarry to play. The talk is that Moses will be back, which is good because they need to have at least one good mm-hmm. tackle in the game. I'll tell you, this dovetails into my element, which is which is find ways to make time and space for Lamar despite the problems at offensive tackle. I'm assuming it's either McCarry Fa'alele or McCarry Moses, but I think it'll be McCarry at left tackle because he played yep. reasonably well against um, Hendrickson the first time. So I mm-hmm. think that there's a you know there's a good chance he's the he's the guy. I may be understating that to say he played reasonably well. I, I know he well Hendrickson was well. a non-factor. What's it? Hendrickson was not a factor. It's true. I want to just re- remember to myself how well McCarry played in that game. Yeah, I guess it's he had an A in Week One. So he was outstanding. Um, I don't want to don't want to undercut him in any way because he's had a good year. Uh, just has had two terrible games against the Browns. Um, yeah. That's that's unfortunate. But they've got to find a way, and it probably means making sacrifices from their eligible receivers 
to get Lamar some additional time. I think if you if you can get four guys in the pattern every time, and they only got 3.88 in this last game against um, Cleveland, because they, they used unbelievably 29 set-and-chip blockers on 26 plays, um, I think they, they can really take advantage of some mediocre corners and safeties. And I want to go through some yards per target numbers here, but Cam Taylor-Britt has allowed 9.7 yards per target this year. Hilton, who's their best, is at 7.4. Awuzie 9.5 and Scott 11.4. So that is a very weak group. I mean, they're very vulnerable to the intermediate passing range. I mean, Flowers should really be able to make hay against this team if we can get Lamar just a little bit of time. So I think that's where the game is. And unfortunately, I'm seeing how the tackle situation is playing out for this year. If Ronnie's not coming back um, or if it's going to take him time, this is going to be a major part of game planning all the rest of the way is figuring out how to get that extra uh, half second for Lamar in the pocket. Yeah, and I think we might need to take a page out of Detroit's, I'm not Detroit, Houston's playbook, where last week they ended up going, I think, eight-man protection and a two-man route, and they completed a very efficient deep ball. And I think we have the receiving core to do that, especially with Zay Flowers, who can get open on any one-man coverage. And Bateman, who's getting open off the line very seamlessly now, having those two-man routes can be very effective. They had two two-man routes, by the way, in this last game. One was a, it, literally a three-set block against seven. They got Lamar ample time and space on the play, and he threw a 14-yard pass. So that was a good one. And then later in the game, they had uh, two sets and one chip. Uh, and then they, they threw an 18-yard pass on that. And that was uh, third play of the third quarter. So they, they did a little bit of it. It's nice to see that. And most people would consider two men staying in as kind of max protect, certainly two, two set blockers as max, mm-hmm. max protect. But, you know, they use three on a play. The Ravens have had a one-man pass route before several times in their history where they just keep everybody in. And they're, they're, they're usually what they're trying to do is completely disguise a pass as a run and just have mm-hmm. one one man in the route, but often creates a good single coverage opportunity deep. Yeah, and it's mostly trying to find the hole in the zone against either cover two or cover three, making sure that you can get the ball and drive it through. And I just – I think Henderson or Hubbard had a hyper-extended knee this yeah, week. I, I, there's a good chance both of them will not play. Okay. So, so, so both of them are on the injury report currently. Neither has practiced so far this week. I don't believe. Might have been Hendrickson was back limited today. Might have been. But I, I believe neither of them has practiced. Okay. Well, I mean, that might be good news. But either way, it's going to be a tough, tough challenge, especially with a divisional opponent coming in. Regardless, they're going to come play us hard, especially us beating them pretty bad in their house. And they're coming off a pretty big loss against Houston. So, going to be dogfight on Thursday night. Yeah. Cincinnati, not a team without their own problems and traveling. Hopefully that'll give them some trouble. Anyway, I always appreciate doing the show with you, Frazier. Why don't you tell folks where they can talk football with you online? You guys can reach me at X slash Twitter at F underscore R-A-V-8. That's F underscore Rave 8. Other folks out there, if you're interested in doing a film study short, hit me up on Twitter. Always want to hear from you. Uh, and we'll we'll chew that up and see if there's a if there's a 
kernel for an idea there. The smaller, the better, generally speaking, in terms of the idea. And we can either build it to make it larger. That's usually easier than trimming it down to making it to make it smaller. But uh, please hit us up. Have some great ideas and a lot of time coming up to do some of these shorts uh, over the next few weeks with the mini buy and the full buy. Uh, let's see. Otherwise, uh, like and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, please. And if you have a chance, write us a review if you don't mind. Uh, we always appreciate it when loyal listeners uh, do that. Frazier, this is always a, a blast to do this with you. So uh, I guess we'll be back here next week. And it'll be a little bit of an odd schedule for us. We might be a little bit early with our matchups episode since we've got the extra time. Yeah. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how we do it. But we'll get it out and it'll be definitely more information based next time for sure. All right. Well, for for Fraser Tafar, this is Ken McCusick saying goodbye, and we'll talk to you next time on Matchups. All right.